Good evening, CDN listeners, and welcome to this week in interview. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back. I, I missed two weeks in a row, and um, I was itching, you know. I guess I'm addicted to your company on a, on a Wednesday night. And so I appreciate you coming in every Wednesday to spend time with me on this week in interview. My regular listeners, you know I don't take your, your time for granted. I thank you very much for for joining me and if tonight is the first time that you're listening to, to this weekend interview welcome whether you're listening to me on tdnradio.net tdntv.net or on our facebook pages tdn radio facebook page or this weekend interview facebook page i want you to share the link share the live invite somebody to join us we we have some of the best information available on the media you, my audience, are the most informed people in media, I like to say, because we bring you, we try to make sure that what we bring you is authentic and it's relevant. So welcome. And um, as usual, uh, good evening to you on the, um, good evening to you on, on RVR jams on, on digiplay channel 59 rvr jam stories t this weekend interview live on digiplay channel 59 so welcome to that i know we're going to be talking about nature isle and the by-election in grand bay uh but we're also going to talk about Guadeloupe because we know that Guadeloupe is intimately connected uh to to dominica and so we have a member of the tdn family who actually resides in Guadeloupe, and so we, we I decided that we would bring him on so he could help um, educate us uh, on, on what we don't see in social media and on the main news. But let's do as you usually do, um, do the CARICOM anthem. And when we come back, I will introduce you to my guest, Mr. Um, Clayton Flora. Uh, he is going to bring us up to speed um, with the happenings in Guadeloupe and make the connections to what's happening in Dominica. This evening's conversation uh, you in for a very good treat, so stay tuned. Let's do the character mantle. From many distant lands, our forefathers came. Some seeking adventure, some bound in chains. Waged and fought through victory and pain. By test of their courage, our freedom was gained. In homage to those gone before us, the heroes of lands in the sun, we vow to join hands and to focus on building. Caribbean Raise your voice and high Sing of your Caribbean pride Sing it loud and strong Feel our hearts beat as one Celebrate in song As we rise to heights where we
Welcome back, listeners, and of course, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, as I always tell you, um, this weekend interview, Wednesday at 8 p.m. is one of the highlights of my week. And I went without, I went without the injection of your energy for the last two weeks. And as I said, I, was, I, I felt like I was starting to itch. And so I had to make sure, I had to make sure that, um, that I was with you this week. Um, you know, sometimes we take a break for the holiday season, but we're not taking a break this year. There's too much going on. Um, we are going to carry on right through. Maybe, maybe just for the week of Christmas, if anything. Um, if we cannot get a Christmas special, we will, we will take that week off. So, what's on the jumbie table for tonight? You, you, I don't know if you've been following the news. There's been a lot of activity going on in Guadeloupe. A lot of protests, uh, a lot of civil disobedience, uh, a lot of, um, as, you know, we see stuff in the news and it's not always what it is, but there seems to be some damage of property. There seems to be a lot of interaction with law enforcement, you know, and, and just, because, just because I like to make sure that you, the audi my audience, can can have an intelligent conversation when the time arises. I like to, I like to make sure that, that we, we try to bring you the information on contemporary issues in a manner that, that makes you more informed than the average Joe. And so, you know, um, in our discussion, myself and Sam, our producer, we, we, you know, we pointed to the fact that we actually have a member of the TDN family who, who, um, is residing in Guadeloupe, uh, Mr. Clayton Flora. He, he hosts uh, a program on TDN Radio and Life 101, Melting Pot, every Sunday evening from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And he also does inspirational Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. So, and he's into the news. He's, he's on the ground in Guadeloupe. And so I invited him uh, to come on and to talk to us about what's going on in Guadeloupe. We also want to talk a little bit about the um, by-election that's taking place in Dominica tomorrow. Uh, there's some linkage um, with Guadeloupe. Uh, we know that since Hurricane Maria, since COVID, actually, the ferry that used to go to Dominica a few times a week was suspended and hasn't been restarted. And all of a sudden, magically, um, the, the government of Dominica finally gave the OK to restart the ferry right bang in time for for the um for the by-election and, and so a lot of people have the theory that 
you know, this government's winning legacy depends on bringing down Dominicans who are not resident in Dominica to vote. And they think that that is the, that is the strategy that's being employed by why the ferry is, um, is, 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 re, is restarted. And so um, let me not take any more of your time. Let me, let me bring up my guest. Um, Clayton, it is a pleasure to have you. And I want to tell you, thank you so much for, for joining us on this weekend interview. It's a pleasure. Good evening, uh, Mr. Drago. It's a pleasure being with you. I've been your guest for the, I think I was on some time ago with some other people concerning Redemption Road, but it's the first time maybe I'm a, a, an individual guest. Yeah, it's the first time I have you all to myself. <laughs> yeah, the last time you were on, you were part of the cast of Redemption Road, um, which means that the audience is really familiar with you because, you know, Redemption Road is extremely popular with um with, with the audience you know when it's redemption road season i don't dare go more than about five minutes beyond nine o'clock because people want their replay you know <laughs> so yeah yeah you you are on redemption road i let, let's take a couple minutes to introduce you though to the guests tell them about you tell them about the programs that you have on 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 tdn radio and life 101 tell them about radio Gayak and, and everything else um to, to properly situate you in their mind as as we get into our conversation. Okay, well, my name is Clayton Florent. I was born and bred in Dominica. Came to Guadeloupe at maybe the prime of my life, early age. I've been here for a number of years now. Well, the better part, part of my life has been spent in in Guadeloupe. I I took most of my well my school education i took it in dominica but my technical information i got it here in guadeloupe so i've been involved in church work for the longest while since i am here i am involved in construction i've been involved in construction i've been involved in teaching i've been involved with young people i've been involved with uh, different organizations associations dominica guadeloupe association and other associations i I have also been involved. I was introduced to radio in 1997, some 24 years ago. And it is something that I have never stopped since I started. Well, stopped in the sense of not being there every year in out, but for the better part of those 24 years, it's it's less than 10, it's less than maybe majority, maybe five years out of radio. I've been doing it because I basically grew with radio at home. So I was one who was always in tune with what is happening as far as news is concerned, information is concerned. So apparently this may have stayed in me. And when I was introduced to radio, then it was not a difficult thing for me. It was just a pleasure. I took it on. I helped myself. I trained myself. I got trainings from different books that I would read, different people that I would listen to. And I initiated my own program, my own thoughts, my own creation. So I program, I produce, I write, I do everything in, in relation to radio. So I started with a program. Well, it was that I started with the Dominica Guadeloupe Association when I started in radio. We had some 
afternoon programs on Radio Gayak. Uh, this was very, very popular with the Dominican community. And it stopped for some time. Then I, I think I did two other radio stations after I left Gayak. Now I'm back on Gayak. Well, because of COVID and other technical difficulties, I am not there presently. But I think uh, some must have, I'm not, I'm not sure how some heard, heard me or where he heard me and he invited me to TDN. Life on the One was not around yet. And he invited me to TDN to read news or to bring up, bring up some news. And then he invited me to, to, if I would like to stream, if he could stream my program on TDN and uh, I agreed, then Life 101 came aboard and then I began streaming on Life 101 and apparently Royal Central Prison St. Kitts must have heard me on Life 101 or TDN and began streaming my program also. It's a program that I do news, that I do interviews, that I give information, credible information, factual information and keep the people abreast of what is happening in Dominica, in Guadeloupe, in the Caribbean and the wider world. That's awesome. You know, a couple of things you said there, but you know how you say Sam find found you? Sam has a knack for finding radio talent. Um, are you familiar with Dr. Matthew, Dr. Simon Matthew? Sam reached out to Dr. Simon Matthew and, and, and brought her on TDN Radio, and she's embraced it, and it's a natural. She has a now a program on Q95. She has a couple other programs going on and she's just going from strength to strength um so you know he does what he does and and and, and he's good at it but it, it's always it's, it's a pleasure to have you as part of the tdn family i can tell you that and um we look forward to to you know you continuing with us as we grow from strength to strength uh but let's get into it um we've been seeing a lot of videos and photographs and voice clips and video clips from Guadeloupe. There's a lot of protest. Um, we see fires, we see vehicles being overturned, we see um, military-style police um, being confronting demonstrators. Um, I, 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 as a person who, who resides in Guadeloupe and, and with the background that you gave and your community involvement, can you give us a quick synopsis of what the process, the, pro, the protest is about, what, what caused it to start, what is fueling it to, to continue, and even despite the threat of well-equipped police and military people uh, looking like they came directly from France, the people are still sustaining their protest. So can you give us the, the, the underground perspective um, that you glean from what's going on in Guadeloupe. Okay, what we began seeing a few days ago, well, actually it started last Monday, and it's it's going on up till this time, this hour as I speak. It's It did not just commence last Monday. Since when the French government decided that it is going to make vaccination mandatory for civil servants, uh, civil servants, the Unions in France started demonstrating, but I'm not sure whether they continued because a majority of the people on mainland France were accepting the vaccine. 
but the unions here in Guadeloupe started demonstrating against the obligation to vaccinate, as they have always said that they are not against vaccination, but the, 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 the pressure that is being put on them to, to be vaccinated, uh, they must vaccinate in order to continue their work then the unions did not <clears throat> accept that so they began demonstrate well they began marching in different villages of Guadeloupe, different communities different cities every saturday since july non-stop so for the whole of july august september october and now we are november so for the past four months they have been they have been demonstrating every saturday when it seems as if well their cries were not being heard because based on the union leaders the authorities no one in authority had ever approached them to have dialogue with them to at least ask them what they what what are they doing or we would like to talk with you would like to share with you they, real, they realized that no one was taking heed of what they were doing and it's like business as usual so knowing the strength of the unions in france when i say france i mean mainland france and its departments knowing the strength of the union they decided to take it to another level because they have, this has always been the case in french countries the unions are very strong they they, they, have, they have a lot of support and one thing with them they have no political allegiance they have no political allegiance in spite of who you are in spite of what party you 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 follow in spite of what party is in power the unions in France have no political allegiance. The politicians themselves in France don't have a political allegiance, far less for the unions. So they decided, well, they're going to take it to another level. And one of the main things which have seemingly worked for them over the past years having strikes is to uh, the blocking of roads. I could remember sometime in the 80s, there was a major strike number of roads were blocked uh, there was another one in 2009 where a number of roads were blocked and we had a 43 day strike in 2009 and it was said that maybe this may never happen again but we realized that they they organized themselves and roadblocks started coming up all around the island from Baste to Saint-François to Abim to Gozier to Mornalo everywhere every road network major road network was blocked this is how it started on last monday but then as we have a number of secondary roads in all around in Guadeloupe, then persons were using the secondary roads but they too were blocked from tuesday wednesday until it escalated on thursday night where where some other persons who were, we must say were not associated with the unions took hold of, took advantage of the opportunity and began vandalizing businesses in the city of Pointe-à-Pitre and it branched out to some other cities. And as we saw, this happens, as we see, this happens in almost every country. Remember when the people were marching against the death of George Floyd, how they had a peaceful march in the U.S. and what it escalated to with vandalism and looting? Well, some people just uh, who have usually almost nothing to do with what is happening then they take advantage of the situation and began getting making things get out of hand. This is what really transpired. So, so there's a couple of things. So it's it's a it's a protest against people not being given the opportunity to make up their own mind as to whether they want to take the vaccine or not. That is one. 
And number two, it is union-led. And three, the union is very strong. And the key thing you say is that the union doesn't think that they owe anything to, the polit to a political party. The union's members have solidarity with, 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 with their union and their members. But let me ask you, is, it, is there like a one powerful union or is it that there are several unions who in solidarity with each other? There are several unions. You have about maybe 14 unions coming together to, to, to make that match. You have workers' union, you have the unions, civil service union, you have the union, POTS workers' union. You have a number of different unions uh, coming together. And they meet around the table and they strategize and they agree among themselves and they decide that they're going to take action. When I said that they were demonstrating against against the obligation of mandatory vaccinations, not only mandatory vaccination, but included in, the, in it was uh, the health pass because the health pass was also legislated to enter certain establishments. You must have a health pass to Go to a sports stadium, you must have a health pass. To, to enter certain businesses, you must have a, To go to restaurants, you must have a health pass. A health pass is either you have a full, you are fully vaccinated with two doses of the approved vaccines, or if you're not vaccinated, then you must have a negative PCR test of test of less than 72 hours or an antigen test of less than 48 hours. So can you imagine that every 48 hours, people have to go about doing either PCR or antigen tests. And some of the business owners themselves, especially the restauranteurs, were also against that because they were losing business. They were losing while they were closed all during COVID when they were allowed to open, then persons had to be entering, coming to their restaurants with a health pass. If a person does not have a health pass, he cannot come into the restaurant to sit and have a meal. And this makes those businesses lose lose clients also the number of persons especially in the health sector that is said who were given redundancy letters because they refused to be vaccinated they were written left a first letter was written to them giving them a deadline to be vaccinated and if they were if they did not accept vaccination then they would be made redundant with no pay and it started happening especially among the health sectors you saw the firemen, the fire and ambulance services were demonstrating also because they were also involved and they were demonstrating in their uniforms. So all this culminated together along with different uh, social issues that the unions are, are claiming. Because after the strike of 2009, there was there was some agreements, it is said, that was taken with the French administration and the, and, and the elected officials, especially in relation when in relation to the cost of living and unemployment here in Guadeloupe and also Martinique. And it seems as if some things were done, but in 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 reality, they're not they had they have never gotten all what they signed for. So all this continues. So it's you know, you have one little issue with me, but then at the day when at that time that you really decide mm -hmm. to 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 get mad at me. You put everything together. Well, this is what they're doing now. They're so they're while they're striking. The main purpose is against the sanitary pass and obligation to vaccinate. They are also also demonstrating against some of of the other social 
issues in Guadeloupe, social issues like uh, uh, not we do not have proper flowing water in our taps here in Guadeloupe. You have a lot wow. of water shortages in different areas. You have uh, this 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 uh, pesticide that was it was a weedicide. I think that was being used in 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 agriculture years ago that was already banned in europe and it was still being used that they call cloudy corn and most a lot of of the soil areas here is polluted and contaminated with this deadly disease which is said to be uh to be giving um strong strong cancer giving agent and the soil is contaminated so they're talking about that they're talking about uh, about uh, persons who are the, the rate of of um, on unemployment here and different social issues so it's it's basically a package and they are they think they have put a list of about 30 different concerns together that they want the authorities to talk with them on and what it, it seems as if well nothing is being done because there was a meeting in the french parliament on monday between the prime minister french prime minister the parliamentarians elected to the guadeloupe uh, to the assemblée générale in france from guadeloupe they met at a meeting with the prime minister on monday and at the end of the meeting the prime minister said said in a press conference that they are not backing off on mandatory vaccination but they are trying to make they are willing to make certain con concessions with certain workers certain sector working sector people but they're not backing off on on mandatory vaccination but this did not stop the unions because what they're claiming that the politicians went to talk among themselves and none of them was invited so they this this morning or not late not not later than this morning there was a big demonstration by the unions where they gathered in mass and they marched down the street of one of the industrial areas only to be diverted by the armed forces but they have they have vowed to continue their protest action as we speak so great um we are at the bottom of the hour where we usually take our our break so so i'm going to do that because when you come back i want to talk a little bit more about the condition of covid in guadeloupe you know what the status is and then also we'll explore a little bit more uh, uh, and what lessons and we will pivot to dominica to see how what lessons dominicans can learn from from what's going on in guadeloupe so listeners if you joined me late my guest tonight is mr Peyton flora he is a member of the tdn family he has a program on sunday nights from 6 to 10 p.m called melting pot um, on tdn radio and life 101 he does inspirational tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. He's also one of our star actors on, on Redemption Road, uh, certainly. So so stay tuned. Uh, let's get a quick word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we are, we are going to dive a little deeper into what's going on in Guadeloupe with all of this protest and civil unrest that we've been experiencing. Stay tuned. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop 
on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. Welcome back, listeners. Um, thank you for staying tuned to the commercial break. Thank you to our sponsors, Beacon Dental Group and BuyDominicaOnline.com. You know the holiday seasons are coming, so I encourage you. I encourage you to go to BuyDominicaOnline.com, find your goodies and your and your 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 gifts as you do your gifting for for the holiday season. Give somebody a gift from from Dominica, from Dominicans who are expressing the entrepreneurial spirit all right so go on buy dominicaonline.com and get your product there and as usual to brighten your smile for the christmas if you're from dominica or from anywhere else and you end up in beacon dental group in boston you tell them that you heard anthony drago on this weekend interview say that the first time you show up you're entitled to a free cleaning so go on there and um they will, of course, comply with what I say because I'm... <laughs> no, but seriously, if you go there you know, your first time and you tell them you heard on um, this week in interview that they would get the entitled to a free cleaning um, on your first visit, you will definitely be accommodated. So thank you to our sponsors. My, my interview um, tonight, my guest tonight is Mr. Clayton Flora. Clayton um is an actor on redemption road and i just saw his wife on redemption road um pull up and say uh, and, and rooting for her online husband so there you go it's all it's all in the tdn and life 101 life 101 family uh so also also i i want you to know that you can get um tdn radio on our youtube channel TDN TV YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube and you search for TDN TV, you can find us. If you subscribe, you will get notifications when shows like This Week in Interview and so on um, come on live. All right. So let's dive back in. Let's dive back in into the conversation. So I'm in the U.S. and it seems like the powers that be are willing to compromise on every aspect except except the taking of the vaccine. That one is a non-negotiable. They're insisting that every single person has to take the vaccine. No religious exemption, 
no health exemption. Every single person has to take the vaccine. Almost every employer who does any kind of business with the government, if they want to continue doing business, they have to show that their employees are all vaccinated. The employees that are not vaccinated are made redundant. No negotiable on taking the vaccine. I listened to you talk about the, the purpose for the civil action in, in Guadeloupe. I, I heard you talk about that. And it sounds like it's the same stand that the politicians in, in Guadeloupe are taking. That they can compromise on everything else except you must take the vaccine. So is it that the, the COVID situation in Guadeloupe is extremely bad? Uh, are, are the hospitals overflowing with COVID patients? Is the infection rate really high? Um, as you look around as a person who's in the community, as a radio personality, I, I know you get to talk to a lot of people, a lot of people send you information because they know you are a radio personality. Is it your sense that the COVID is out of control and doesn't seem like it will come under control anytime soon? That would somehow justify that um, hold your ground, no prisoners taken, everybody should get vaccinated. Tell me what you what, what you're seeing. COVID now here as we speak, it is very much under control. We have had uh, last week, the last figures which came out last week was just about 200 new, a little over 200 new positive, uh, positive cases. We've had less hospitalizations only one death was recorded last week uh, presently everything is almost back to normal here in Guadeloupe. over the summer between uh, from the end of july up until september we had what we call the fourth wave that's where most people died the largest number of persons who died in Guadeloupe died because of this fourth wave because of uh, through this fourth wave, because when when it started, we had some deaths because there was no vaccine, there was nothing. Persons died. We had the second, which went relatively well. The third went relatively well, but it's after the Delta variant came out. That's where we had over five hundred deaths within that two months period. We had almost over five hundred deaths, and it was blamed in part. Well, every everyone was throwing blame. The unions were claiming that it happened because France opened the borders and a number of unvaccinated people from mainland France came to Guadeloupe and Martinique for the summer vacation. And when they left, this caused a spike in, in COVID cases, especially with the Delta variant, which, was, which touched us very, very, very hardly. Uh, another, another set is saying that it is because the people of Guadeloupe are refusing to be vaccinated why it, it this is why so many people died because compared to mainland france the fourth wave did not kill as many people per in percentage as far as percentage is, is concerned on mainland france as it did in the overseas departments of mostly guadeloupe and martinique and to a lesser extent french guyana so the authorities are blaming that the the people because the people were not vaccinated that's why so many people were infected while the authorities here and the unions are claiming that it is because the France opened the borders and some went as far as saying it was deliberate 
in order that we could the people of Guadeloupe could be scared and then they would run over to take the the vaccine but as we speak presently the covid situation is, is not out of hand it is very much under control and is it that is it that there there is a a, a more of an acceptance of the vaccine over the last few months that that probably more people are vaccinated while we saw while we seen um covid coming under control still not when it was announced that vaccine would become mandatory in certain sectors and to do certain things you know, the vaccination centers were overwhelmed with people wanting to get vaccinated but then after a little while after things began getting calm and now the vaccination centers are almost empty presently as we speak just over just on about 45 percent of the population is vaccinated just about 45 percent uh, under 45 percent in saint martin is just about 45 percent and the, the the department which is better vaccinated is saint bartholomew saint bats the little island we call saint bats which is 87 percent vaccinated as we speak in martinique it's about 40 percent vaccinated so the overseas departments are very very resistant to the vaccine and most likely so the 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 one which is fabricated like the pfizer vaccines they uh, they this is the one that is mostly administered here and the, what the what it is composed of many persons are very skeptical and hesitant about it about it okay so so i mean it's the same thing that we've seen everywhere that everybody who is probably going to take the vaccine has already taken it and and so the threat of losing your job the threat of being kept out of certain things maybe inspired some people who are on the fence to take it and those people have taken it and the rest of the people you almost have to probably hog tie them and force injection on them to, to take it so Jaden, um thank you for bringing that for bringing us up to speed and giving us the on the ground um info so to speak on on what's going on with the protest and and so on um, if it continues as it continues, I would I would love to have you back to to bring, to keep us up to speed on that. I want to pivot a little bit to talk about Dominica. There's a by-election that's taking place in Dominica tomorrow in the in the Grand Bay constituency, in the south of Dominica, Grand Bay constituency. The parli parliamentary representative died, Ed, Ed Regis. He was one of the younger members in parliament, but he he, he passed suddenly. Um, and so there has to be a by-election to replace his seat. The, the Labour Party has since uh, nominated uh, Vince Anderson, the, who, who has been working as the ambassador to the OAS. I think he was the ambassador to the United States for a while. Um, he's also the elite person on the, on the, hydro, on the, on, on the hydrothermal project, geothermal project. Um, and he's not from the area, so he's from he's from St. Joseph, which is on the west coast. And so there's a lot of pushback. And then we have an independent candidate, Julius Gabriel, who declared um, that his candidacy, Grand Bay being a stronghold of the Labour Party who is in government, I think Grand Bay has won either the last three or four elections for um, Labour Party has won in that constituency. The reason why I am bringing that up in our conversation is because there's a lot of Dominicans who live in Guadeloupe. 
Um, there are a lot of Dominicans from the Grand Bay community who live in Guadeloupe. Um, the Grand Bay has a very strong connection to the French departments of Martinique and Guadeloupe. Who, a lot of people from Martinique, after the volcanic eruption of Montpellier, relocated to, to Grand Bay. And up till now, Grand Bay is one of these centers where the Creole patois is spoken most fluently in Dominica. Uh, I, just, to, just to preface our conversation, in the last election in 2019, Dominica has 21 seats that's contested for election. The Labour Party won 18 seats. The opposition won three seats. So they have a big win, 18 to 3. Out of that, the, 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 the Labour Party won, had got 23,000 votes, approximately. The, the United Workers' Party got 16,000 votes. The United Workers' Party has been accusing the government of facilitating Dominican to reside outside of Dominica to come to Dominica to vote for the election and return back to their residence the next day. They're crying foul because how do you come down, vote for a government, and then you live the next day, you're not living in the country to suffer the consequences of your vote. So that is very controversial. It is estimated that in the last election, 7,500 people came in to vote. So, and people are saying that most of these people vote for Labour Party. If you take 7,500 from 23, it brings Labour Party vote to less than United Workers Party. There's some more calculations that go on and whatnot, and what, but we can make all assumptions. The, the ferry from Guadeloupe has not been allowed to come to Dominica since it was stopped for COVID. And all of a sudden, last week, the government announced that the ferry would be allowed to re-enter Dominica. And as I understand that there is a boat that left Guadeloupe for Dominica this evening, loaded with people and everybody's speculating that those are people that the government is um, bringing down to vote in that election. Uh, I, I don't know, I'm pretty sure that you're familiar with that. I'm going to let you just um, give your perspective on, on what I just said and then we can talk about more specifics um, in terms of the, the ongoing um, by-election in Grand Bay. What is your sense um, of, on the ground in Guadeloupe of Dominicans vis-a-vis um, -vis the by-election that's happening in Grand Bay tomorrow? Well, yes, uh, I've not been hearing much from Dominicans here, and as some people are, are saying over social media and over the airwaves that it is the ferry is going to recommence in time for, for the by-election in Grand Bay, but I know this was not the first attempt that the ferry made to get back to Dominica after COVID. There was an attempt in, in December, just before Christmas last year, where one of the ferries even started selling tickets already to transport people to Dominica because Dominica has one has been one of the biggest markets for the ferry boats. It, it comes from Guadeloupe, it stops in Dominica, then over to Martinique and goes, goes over to St. Lucia. And the, the ferry boats have made, I think, their profits come basically from Dominica. They carry more people, and not once say they carry more Dominicans, but they carry more people to and from Dominica than they would carry to and from Martinique or to and from St. Lucia. So that was a very big loss for them when they had to halt that, 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 that service due to COVID. So they attempted in, in, in December, it did not work out because 
things uh, things were tight in Dominica, things were difficult here. And the government gave the green light last week. Well, everybody's coinciding it with uh, the the elections, but I I do not. It, well, this is what it is alleged, but I cannot confirm neither say that the ferries are going to to begin operating just because of just because of the election. We have two different com ferry companies making the route between Dominica and Guadeloupe. Only one has started. It started on Sunday. It went down with very few people and it will be traveling again tomorrow. So as I heard you say that there is a boat filled with people leaving for Dominica uh, tonight. This I'm not aware of at all. I, I do not know. It may just be speculation or rumors. And then I would not want to believe that the authorities in Dominica would be so irresponsible to allow a boat of Dominicans uh, from Guadeloupe coming down to Dominica for whatever the reason, whether it is to 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 vote or whether it is to, to go sightseeing. I would think if this would be the case, the authorities, I do not believe that the authorities would be irresponsible enough to allow something like that to happen. And you don't believe that based on their track record, what they've done in the past, or I mean, when you say the track, uh, the track record, you mean in transporting of people? No, in terms of their behavior in past elections. Well, as as it is said, that persons come for election, and then the party has paid people to come for to come to vote uh, during election, and this, as many say, there's evidence of that. Well, everything, if something is wrong, I think they're, they're supposed to be the authority and the way of maybe challenging it, either challenging it in court or doing taking measures to, to stop it. But when we hear so much talk and sometimes no action, then it's, it gives room just for people to do whatever they feel is in their best interest to do. And we... we Many persons have said that it is uh, it is alleged that the government may have brought down those 7,500 people. But if this is the case, I'm not sure how it can be certified and proven that those 7,500 people voted for the government, unless maybe there would be some special technique in doing that. This again uh, has to be has to be proven, uh, as we say. It may be true, it may be false, but unless it is proven, then we can just speculate. I, and I agree with you on, on what you said, that there's a lot of talk and nobody is taking any action about it. I happen to know for a fact, I know people who got tickets from the Labour Party to go down to vote. Obviously, somebody can take a ticket and when they go down, they're free to vote for who they want. However, the Constitution of Dominica talks against treating and bribing. They, it doesn't matter what the person does when they go into the booth it's illegal to give somebody a gift of value with the with the objective the motive of enticing them to vote for you but what you're saying is correct and that that actually is where i want to take the conversation the opposition talk and the opposition has been making that claim for the last three elections but we don't see them doing anything to counteract it. We don't see them producing any concrete evidence to prove it. If, if you and I are, are boxing and you play a trick on me and you knock me out one time, 
I say, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I get knocked out. The second time we talk about, we, I talk, I talk, we go back and fight. You pull the same trick on me and you knock me out again. The third time you do the same trick again, you knock me out again. It's not you, it's me. Because I, by now I should be expecting that same old trick. It shouldn't be working on me three times. Especially when those three times are separated by a span of 15 years, right? So, so I definitely agree with what you're saying that if the opposition is claiming that this is how the government wins the election, the, gov the opposition is supposed to be able to come up with a strategy to either prove it or to counteract it. So I, I agree with that. But the reason why I'm saying that that brings us into where I want to, to take the conversation is that we were talking about the protest action in Guadeloupe. And you talk about the solidarity of the unions. We talk about people coming out and leadership, you know, of the unions and the, and the coalescing of the people, the, the unity of the people for a cause. Uh, we see a couple, I don't even want to call it a protest. We see some people gather, stand up on the sidewalk outside the election commission's office yesterday. We see truck drivers protesting that they're not getting work, only foreigners getting trucked, but their trucks are neatly lined up on the side of the road. They don't, don't want to disrupt any traffic or anything like that. I mean, how, what lessons can, can Dominicans learn from what is going on in Guadeloupe in terms of getting the authorities to pay serious attention to them when they think they have a legitimate grievance that they would want attention paid to? Well, there's there's a little proverb which says you have to put your money where your mouth is, right? And uh, right. you you have to be able to fend and fight for yourself. Everybody knows what is cooking in their pot, so everybody must be mindful of the decisions and the actions that they take, and the repercussions that may follow after. So I think depending on what jurisdiction you live, there may be there, there may be some who care less. There may be some who might think twice or three times before taking certain actions. Maybe not because they might not want, that, that does not mean that they would not want to take actions, but maybe when they think of the repercussions of the actions that they take, they maybe say, well, as we would say, let me behave myself and let me look for my reason. There are others who don't care at all. And they say, as we say in our prayer, psychos pentecost kepeye. And then they go for it. So it, it, it's, it all depends on the people. It all depends on the people. What they want for themselves, what they decide for themselves, what they think is best for them. If I, I heard over, I wrote that story on, on that was published on, on DNO on Sunday. Guadeloupe on the siege and I looked at some of the comments and I saw many people stating some comments like Dominicans need to take a leaf from the from the page of Guadeloupe Dom, the, 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 Guadeloupe the, and Dominica while they might be very close together in proximity they are very far apart in the way of doing things Dominica is an independent island who does, doesn't have any allegiance to any other powers and it has, so much doesn't have any allegiance to any other powers that it it took on a republican status when it got independence. So not even in God, in God Save the Queen that we sing, that Dominicans sing, but France, the French, the people of Guadeloupe, 
they are under uh, their department of France. Decisions are not being made in Guadeloupe. Decisions are being made in France. And we know the support of the French government towards its overseas departments. So it's while they're closing proximately, but we can call them two worlds apart. So maybe while the Guadeloupe people may be protesting, they might still be having bread on their on their tables after the protest. In Dominica, maybe if you protest, maybe at, the, at that time, your table might get broken, much less for you to have bread on it. So it we'll depends on what people decide <laughs> what, what they want and then take the appropriate action based on what they think is best for them. So uh, I, would, I would have to... I want to go down those roads a little bit. I know we're coming close to an end. But you have to deal with what you have to deal with. Exactly the point that you're making. But I'm making that point from the point of view of the opposition leaders and the people who have an interest in seeing a change. If what you have is a republic where the people making decisions are right in front of you and you don't have to go to France to talk to them, that can be seen as an advantage. Well, maybe you would need more people with, who are more, more, more militant in their minds. And maybe Dominica does not have those, those people with those kind of militant uh, attitude. Maybe Dominica lacks that. Or maybe it's what you said earlier. The unions in Guadeloupe are still very apolitical. The unions in Guadeloupe do not sell their allegiance to any one political party. Um, so, so no matter which party that's in power, you see the same... No matter who is in power, no matter who in France, no matter who is in power, even the president, our actual French president, he came from the party that was in power before him. He was a member, a minister in the party in Holland, François Holland's government, mm -hmm. and he resigned early on in the, uh, from the government and he went along and formed, he formed his own party. So you can imagine. So he exactly. came from a party, he formed his own, and then he won that very uh, president that he served under. Because again, as like I, I, I always say in my program, leadership matters. People see that and they see somebody stepping out and willing to lead and therefore they follow. And, and, and maybe, maybe that is the big takeaway. There needs to be a certain amount of leadership because if you are in a union and you, people depend on you to negotiate their daily bread, people depend on you for their quality of life, how is it that as a union you cannot mobilize your, your, your members into solidarity? How it is that your members feel more labor rights or more UWPite than they feel their identity is close to the membership in their union? You know, that those, are, those are the questions that we have to ask. What, what will it take to motivate a Dominican living in Casabrus, living in Roseau, living in Grand Bay, to stand up for what they believe is their best interest, rather than say, you know what, the consequence, if I go, if I go protest, if I, if I don't wear a red shirt today, somebody is going to report that I'm not a labor right. If I don't wear a blue shirt, somebody... That, I guess, is where the conversation has to continue. What will it take to to ignite a, a certain amount of militancy in our people and to get them to represent themselves. Because no matter which side of the fence that you're on, you just said, Guadeloupe is right next to Dominica geographically. Life in Dominica, life in Guadeloupe are worlds apart. 
So how can Dominicans not want a change? You know? I'm in New York. It's getting cold outside. I would rather be in Dominica. I work in construction. I would rather be in Dominica. I have to deal with rain than I have to deal with snow and freezing and so on. But I'm in America because Dominican's economy doesn't provide that to me. What does it, what will it take to get a, a population like Dominica to be able to wake up and, and, and force the people that rule them, whichever party that it is, to provide a certain minimum level of quality of life? Yeah. I, we, we, go ahead. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a comment that the mm. French people are very politically mature and maybe they, maybe the others, maybe like Dominic and some of the others may not have that political maturity. But if we look, it's not only a Dominica case. Look, see what is happening in the U.S. You have people who are Republicans who would want to die Republicans, but persons who are Democrats would like to, would want to die Democrats agents to their party you have in 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 england persons who are labor want to die labor persons who are conservative would want to die conservatives maybe this is the same as our our style of governance come came from the westminster style in great britain uh, where people pay allegiance to certain political parties maybe this has been handed down to all different caribbean islands so that's why in spite of what you say i am labor or i am freedom or i am upp or I am whatever the the, the party is and then persons give allegiance to those parties in spite of, whereas in some other jurisdictions, this is not the case because if the parties in power remain as they are, as we would see Democrats and Republicans in the U.S. and Labour and Conservatives in Britain, this doesn't, this is not the case in France. If you look, if you see, if you look at the system of governance in France, it is completely, totally different. You have parties changing name, you have people making parties overnight, people jumping, and it's not a matter of crossing the floor in parties, it is a matter of not paying any allegiance to any political party. So if it is so at the top in the administration in France, I think the people, it will not be difficult for the people themselves to follow. So does France have a proportional um, representation system where it's not necessarily like a party that means most, but different factions come together to create the majority from the government. Sometimes different factions can come together. Sometimes one person can just create a movement and then uh, get get strength through that movement, like like the actual president that we have. There was never a party before. He never had a party before. He never had a political party before. He was just a minister in a in 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 the socialist-led government at the time under under Francois Hollande, and he maybe he had other ambitions. He decided, well, Francois Hollande is not too popular, and maybe an opportunity is coming for next elections. Maybe I should go out and do th something. And as a young economist, as a young man, very outspoken, he he gathered some persons around him, and and he he won the election. And France France's election is done. It's not a matter of you go and you most people we we vote today and we get a result today france's elections has two rounds two rounds so you get persons voting in the first round and then you count the ballots and if a party doesn't get a 50 over 50 percent of the vote you have to go the population has to go through a second round of voting where they vote the best among the two or the best among the three or best among the best among the rest so, so it's, it's a different it's a it's, it's actually um, a little bit of, of a different system. But Very much. let me ask you another question about the unions. Does the union have programs for their members that, that helps 
members as they participate to 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 nurture their identity as members of the union i i i hope you understand what i'm saying i'm asking yes very very much so the unions people pay their union their dues to their unions and especially for persons who work in large companies you know sometimes when you work in some large companies the 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 business owners sometimes can be very hard can be very difficult can be very manipulative and maybe sometimes even have dictatorial mentalities and persons who are not if persons who are not unionized won't get the proper coverage you touch one worker in a business a unionized business in france you touch one worker you touch the entire union so they take care of their members they support their members you 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 dismiss you put one worker out and apparently whether sometimes you had reason to put him out but you did not put him out the right way well the entire company will be shut down just for that one worker so that's as far as the unions go so so people people have a benefit in supporting their unions and ensuring solidarity with their unions workers who are unionized that's what they claim uh, and so that might be the takeaway lesson for for the unions and the different people in Dominica who want to to break that that deadlock where where people seem to identify more with their political affiliations than anything else. Yeah, if a union can implement programs um, that help people in their daily lives, then it will be easier for people to identify with the union and and therefore the risk of weakening the union becomes high because let's say, for example, the union start a daycare program so that their members who have young children can take their young children to a daycare program that is subsidized or cheaper. Just any other those kind of programs, adult education, whatever programs that, that they can do and therefore people feel a stronger identity with that whatever group, whether it's a union, whether it's a political party, whether it's whatever it is, Maybe, maybe you can see um, folks finding a different reason to have a different identity than just a political well, identity. Well, Dominica, in the 70s, Dominica had some very powerful unions. You had the Civil Service Association. They still uh, do, you know. <laughs> that, was, that was directed by our now president. You had mm -hmm. the Waterfront and Allied Workers Union. You had the Dominica Amalgamated Workers Union. Yep. You had those unions that were very powerful, who stood up for for their workers, and I think they did well. I think those who were responsible for these unions now must go back to the drawing board and see what are the reasons which caused that so that fluctuation or that lack of interest or uh, that lack of power in, uh, among them, because I think the Civil Service Association, well, it's no longer Civil Service Association, it's now the PSU, Public, Public Service, Service yeah. Union. You still have WAU, you still have DAU, and you, now you have the Teachers Association. So they, they are the ones who need to meet what decide what kind of representation they give to their members, whether the members themselves pay, the, pay, pay their dues, whether they, they support what the union mandates. I think they need to be able to go to the drawing board. All right, there's a, there's a big comment there. It blocked both of our face, but I'll just read it real quick. <laughs> to your point, Mr. Flora, the success of protest actions due largely to strong union representation. In membership terms, the French trade union movement is, only, is one of the weakest in Europe, with only 11% of employees in the union. 
That's because it's divided into a number of rival confederations competing for membership. But despite low membership and apparent division, French trade unions have strong support in elections for employee representatives and have been able to mobilize the French worker. We thank, we thank the... I tell you, this week in interview, I have some of the more educated yes, and listeners are, are, are in any media, you know. <laughs> while while this may be the case, while be, this may be the case, which may be true, which may be true that uh, according to that statement, what 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 is important at the end of the day they get results they get results and they get, they get results, results for solidarity they get results yeah, for solidarity results. yeah so you know i tell you when it's when it's redemption road season people try to to, to throw daggers at me when i go over their time and we're approaching 10 minutes more than our time so i'm going to i'm going to let you close um give some closing remarks so i can give the people their redemption road um, before I start getting hit mail. Yes, uh, episode episode 7 of Redemption Road is coming up in a while, a repeat of Sundays, mm -hmm. and Sunday coming will be the last episode. So tune in to Melting Pot at, uh, from 6 p.m. Don't tune in at 8.30 to listen to a Redemption Road. Tune in at 6 p.m. So yes. either that you'll be able to hear Melting Pot and then get the information on Melting Pot and then top it up with Redemption Road at 8.30. Well, I'd, what I'd like to say to our listeners is you, wherever you are in whatever jurisdiction that you are in, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, work hard for your personal development and the development of your family. Contribute as you can in the jurisdiction where you are. Don't save everything and say, I am sending everything back home where because we say home is where the heart is. You learn to live where you are learn to live where you are because you never know when that little breath of life will be taken away from you so don't save everything to send back home and you do not enjoy life where you are learn to enjoy life where you are uh, be conscious of what is happening around you because we are living in a world where we must be conscious we must not be naive of what is happening around us we must be conscious of what is happening around us and make it our duty and our responsibility to take the right and the necessary actions for our own personal development and not allowing persons to take decisions for us, but take conscious decisions, knowing that we are the ones who will bear the consequences of whatever decision or indecision that we make. So I'd just like to thank everyone for listening, and it was a pleasure being with you on the program tonight. And I hope maybe sometime in the future we can do it again. Certainly, certainly. I, I, I look forward to having you back. And I mean, I don't know if you do guests on your show. I would be happy to, to return the, um, the favor and the compliment as well um so so thank you very much for for being uh, my guest tonight i really enjoy our conversation i get a lot of complaints that an hour is too short for our program but i like it that way because you have to let people make people wanting more what i want to say dominicans those of you that are hearing me i want you to call if you if you are eligible to vote in the grand bay constituency go out and vote go out and vote tomorrow go out and vote tomorrow and anybody who knows my allegiance know that I think it's time for a change in Dominica because I think government should be changed often. They should be changed as often as you change diapers and for the same reason. <laughs> so, so go out and vote. Vote against the LP just so you can, you, can, you can at least bring the government down a couple notches. Maybe you get better representation that way. I don't think it's, it's right to have one person in power, one party in power for so long. Um, and 
maybe we need to move away from party allegiance and therefore to support handbag candidacy as an independent candidate might be a key to what the answer is in Dominica. Let independent people who feel capable step forward and offer themselves for service. So a vote for handbag would actually be a vote for that. Something new is required in Dominica. Vote tomorrow if you, if you are eligible to vote. Don't give up your right to vote. Go to vote. And the question that I ask at the start of the show in the chat, what if handbag wins tomorrow? What if handbag wins tomorrow? Do we start an independent movement in Dominica that can give a serious challenge to the government that is so entrenched and by all reports starting to neglect the actual needs of, of Dominica? And so I'll close with, you from, with, a, with, a, with a comment from Sharon Dorival. She said, I love that. Learn to enjoy life where you are. And on that note, I'm going to leave folks so they can enjoy their this weekend interview. Thank you for, for being tolerant of us. And Clayton, once again, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Let's do this again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.